Hi, welcome to another episode of the Well.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigington. One big topic in the industry has been automation. Some people fear it, some people embrace it, but what exactly does it mean for the welding industry? I got to chat with Nick Cowell and Tyler Pulliam from Aceta at Fabtech this year about the topic of automation in the industry, including bringing robotic systems to customers on a small and large scale. If you're nervous about automation, I highly recommend looking at it from the other side of the coin, seeing how implementing a robot or a cobot can make your job more enjoyable by delegating the tasks that you hate to a robot instead, so you can focus on increasing your skills and knowledge. We dive in right now. So do you want to introduce yourself to the audience just in case they're not familiar with you and your company? Sure. I'm Nick Cowell. I'm a regional automation manager for Aceta out of, we have offices in Council Bluffs, Iowa and Waukesha, Wisconsin. My role is to cover a territory in the center of the country. I cover Iowa, Missouri, Nebraska, Kansas, Wyoming, and Colorado. And through that, have a lot of exposure to a lot of different automation. Yeah. Automation is really big right now and a lot of people are confused by it. So what all, besides just cobots, like what all kind of automation are you guys making? Yeah, so we're a full service FANUC authorized system integrator. We have systems from one robot on our floor to systems with 14 robots that we integrate. Our job is to engineer, assemble, and build cells for different companies and different applications, everything from material handling to welding to a lot of things. Another big part of automation is being safer for workers in general, for like dangerous materials, all that kind of stuff. What kind of safety measures have you all been working on? At Aceta, several things are going on. A, today there's a lot more people interested in automation because they can't hire people. They aren't finding the folks they need, mostly because they're just not around. Through that, we're more focused on safety with the new users and all of them. So what Aceta does generally is we're a member of A3 and the RIA, which is Robotic Integrators Association, and they kind of help with the safety risk assessments that we do on every system we build. And those safety risk assessments are done in conjunction with the customer. We get together and say, hey, here's the risk. Here's how we mitigate it. And so it's a huge part of the systems and that's required on industrial robot systems as well as collaborative. We need to do a safety risk assessment on collaborative robots also. Many people feel like, hey, they're made safe so I can be in the same area. But there's some things that make them not safe. What would those safety concerns be? It would be if you work in a knife factory and you're moving knives with your robot, it's not safe anymore. Or sheet metal with sharp edges and those kind of things. You have to look at each application. Even the welding is a little bit questionable, but what they say is the person who's loading and starting the robot in a collaborative welding application needs to wear welder gear. Because you still have the UV rays welding it puts off. If you can't see it, it's just because you can't see all these things. Like you can get burnt real fast. For sure. Not only that, as the robot moves, a lot of times the wire is still hot when it moves between two, it can burn you. They're saying all the PPE a regular welder would have to use in a manual operation is needed here. What would be the main reason I bring automation into my business? Outside of not being able to find welders, what are some of the other real big benefits that it gives you? So the big items are consistency, a better quality part, and more throughput. In an industrial a robotic weld cell, that the typical rule of thumb says that if programmed correctly and the cell's set up correctly, a robot can do the amount of welding of about three humans. I've talked to a lot of people about small businesses. It's like if you're a small fab shop and you get a cobot, 
you've maximized the output that you can do yeah. just by yourself. Even if you wanted to be a one man shop or one woman shop, like you could do that with the help of a cobot and still play on the same playing field as bigger shops. For sure. And what, what the cobot welding systems do for you also is they really help the high mix, low volume shops utilize automation. They work very well. You can set up a part quick and run your 10 parts. They program easily. And so more and more small shops, those little fab shops out in the middle of nowhere, they're buying them. As far as learning how to use this system, do you come in and train, set it up, like all that kind of stuff, or is it just a guided setup and training? Two things we have going for us, our training facilities on an industrial robot system. Our training is a, a week long or longer. On the cobot training, it's two to three days because it's so simple. This is programmed off of an iPad, basically. If you can run a smartphone, you can make it happen. We're intuitive. We move the torch where we want it to be. We drag a point up in the timeline and it's programmed. So very easy there. When you say timeline, I'm used to the music world and like editing world. I look at this as like a timeline is you can program different steps in and plug and play like linear. Yeah, correct. I say timeline, meaning that in the iPad, there's a menu with a lot of icons or that would say, Hey, we're programming a point. Now we're programming a weld with a weave and we, and all those are just icons that get drug up the program. That's cool. I'm a big fan of the drag and drop. That's if I can drag and drop, man, I'm pumped about it. That's what we got. If someone was interested and they wanted to learn more about your robot and cobots, like what, where should they go? Please reach out to us. Uh, we have offices in Council Bluffs in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Strong presence on the internet. Check our website out. You can learn a lot just by looking through their website, but we would certainly be willing to look at your application and see if it is a fit for a collaborative robot. Right now, collaborative robots are the big buzzword. Everybody wants to collaborate and that's a big deal, but they're not made for everything. A couple of things you give up with a collaborative are A, speed, and they say the max speed on a collaborative robot is about a thousand millimeters a second. Industrial robots more like 2000 millimeters a second. But in reality, when you do a risk assessment on a collaborative robot, many times we're down in the 250 millimeters a second or slower, depending on where the program goes and what, where the operator is going to be. Now, in the case of an industrial system, we're fully fenced out and totally protected so an operator can't be in there you can let her rip yeah just like all right give it the gas right here at fabtech this year what is the big thing you guys are trying to show off and accomplish yeah so today uh we're in the servo robot booth we have two robots here partnered with servo robot we use a lot of their products and so robots big advantage is they provide uh, live scene tracking as we all know robots biggest challenge is consistency of parts if you're making parts upstream and they're coming in and they're not just perfect or close enough, then we have a vision system that'll find those seams and weld the seam correctly. That's awesome. Yeah, no, if you start the printer and it's going the wrong way on the first page and then you get to page 100 and you're just like, that's a big waste of material, big waste of time. What we see with customers is it does just that. The robot's going to find all your mistakes. <laughs> so it usually includes moving upstream in the process and trying to fix bottlenecks and fix issues as they get to the robot. In the end, it creates a much better product, better quality, better throughput, all those things, but customers are going to get the same product every time. And that's what you want. You want to be known as that consistent shop, but if you don't have a consistent bot, it's like, you're going to have a hard time with yep. consistency. 
One thing I would put forward, whoever you talk to about automating, just look at a few things. A, go to A3 website, and that's where the RIA, Robotic Integrators Association, site is. And on that site, there's a list of integrators. Those integrators each have a specialty, and it lists what they can do, what their specialty is, and how much of a variety of processes they can do. The other thing about that is RIA vets out these integrators, actually come in and audit our books every two years. So the members on that site, the idea is that, hey, these guys are viable companies and they're going to be around in five years. They're financially sound. They're going to be around when you need service. So the second piece of it is whatever integrator you're working with, make sure they have a service department. Yeah. ACETA happens to have a 24-7 service department. We, you can call anytime. It's a hotline. The person answering your phone is a robot tech with your information that can help you. If he doesn't answer the phone, we promise a call back within an hour. And Thanks. if we can't fix it through a discussion programming on the phone, we dispatch within 24 hours. That's great. We are a certified, not only an authorized systems integrator for Panic, we're also a certified servicing integrator. And that's puts us in about the top 2% of Panic integrators. That's great. A lot of people, especially in the welding world, like I'm new to the welding community. And a big thing that I've noticed is that like people just try to stick to one thing and they stay in their lane. It's like, we do this and we only do this. But in the robotics world, like trying to get into not just welding, but grinding and lifting. And there's so much that these robots can do and cobots can do these days. It's awesome to see you making sure we got everybody covered. One thing that ACETA does very well is when we go and look at a system, whether it's a welding system or we're palletizing or what we're doing, we want to look upstream and downstream and see if any of those processes can be brought into the system. We don't want the robot sitting idle. So if we can bring more processes in to keep the robot moving, whether it's picking parts from a bin and putting them into a weld fixture for welding or all those kind of things. The big gain on systems is if we can do more than one application. Yeah, it's bundle. It's all, everybody loves a bundle. A couple other things about the FANUC robot versus some of the others is FANUC advertises eight years before you need any maintenance. Oh. So you buy it. These things are bulletproof. And another deal is they come up and the idea is if they come and they hit you, they'll stop. And that's why you can be in the same area with them. Sometimes in a machine application, maybe you got hit. You're between the robot and the machine. It stopped, but your natural reaction is to push it away from you. Yeah. The beauty of the FANUC robots is you can go, just go back and hit reset and it'll follow, go back to the same pass. And there's some other brands that you have to rehome your start remote. over. Yeah. yeah. No, don't want to do that. It's really a collaborative partner in your shop. If it bumps into you, it says sorry and then starts yeah. over <laughs> like this. Awesome. Do all of your tables come with these kind of fixtures too? Do you uh, have? Uh, no, this is a, just a kind of a. Yeah, this is specific to this model of it's a fast arc CW and basically collaborative well, right? Yeah. And we have these uh, stronghold plates on the top. You can buy kits of clamps and, and edge locators and all those things. You can buy from stronghold, really economical, or you can buy them from us. And it gives you all the flexibility to use the whole patterns and set up whatever kind of fixturing you need. So the advantage is a lot of companies, you'll go in and, and they've got all these hard weld fixtures and there's usually racks of them and they're stacked to the ceiling on a wall. And as it becomes a storage issue for a lot of companies, we're here on this collaborative robot. If you're going to use the stronghold and set up your own little tools, which we see 
quite often with high mix, low volume applications. You know, hey, we're going to set this up now. It's a quick setup. We're going to run these 10 parts. Oh, now we're going to run this part and you set it up this way. That's good. Just being able to change adapt. Like that's my biggest fear with working with cobots and everything is the programming taking a long time. Because I know back in the day when you're running it off of a regular controller, it would take a while. Like when I went to welding school, we had, they're putting a robotics training program in the school I went to. And he showed me like programming out like one weld and it took an hour to program out this one. That's correct. Much quicker with the cobots. So what we're seeing companies doing right now, there's 400,000 open positions for welders in America. Yeah. And it's not going to get better. So what companies are doing, maybe they have one or two skilled welders. The welder has to be able to tell it what to do. So they get one or two skilled welders and then on, they do the work of getting the right schedules out of the powers and all that for what they're welding. And now more of a operatorist skilled assembler can build a fixture and weld parts. And these guys are just off doing more important things. Yeah. So it's out welding. there's a problem, hey, they go ask, right? Hey. It's running a little weird and they come diagnose it real quick. I'm very fascinated with the idea of like cobots and robots. And the one thing I do you ever see you all having something on a smaller level that would be like more of a hobbyist DIY. Uh, yeah. You know, I know there are some smaller ones, but the challenge is when you put a welding torch on the end of a robot, the robot has to have enough capability and capacity to be able to carry that torch, the weight of it. Yeah. Now, as well as things like, for instance, you'll see in our application here in the servo robot, we're doing some seam tracking where the robot's doing a weave. And I just don't know of a hobbyist robot that can do that. Yeah, no, because that's one thing I've just been, I'm a big fan of like makers and DIY stuff, just because of the art world, that's really big and people just making things themselves and sourcing it. But there's a bunch of 3d printing, like that's blown up over the past like 10 yeah, years big. and it's. We're in the same realm. It's like we're close, but this is just like a big scaled up version of it. But I'm looking forward to the day we might be able to have a little mini robot. One thing I do know, and Fanic has one of the largest research and development teams of any robot system. I do know that that's a big topic. How do we make programming easier? And because as more people drive into automation, we need to simplify it. And, and part of that is whoever you have for an integrator, uh, just make sure they are, they have the ability to support you. Yeah. Because whether you like it or not, do when the system gets on your floor, even if you've been to training, those first few days are a little scary. Yeah, it's rocky, man. It's <laughs> do rocky. I remember? I, said, I don't remember even know how to speak is, the right language. Know? Is this so, in the same language? On our industrial robot lines, we have customers, first time users buying them. And, and we do a two week training deal with them where they come in the first week, we go through our basic operator training. Hey, we learn about the robot and how to run it and all these things. By the end of the week, we're into a programming class. The next week they come in, they program their own parts, and then they go out onto our floor and weld those parts on our floor and make some mistakes and learn from them and all those things, right? And so by the end of the week, maybe they have three or four programs put together. And the big success of that is every time a company buys a system, especially a new user, when that system gets installed on their floor, there's a person who wrote that check that wants to see it sparking real yeah, quick. Yeah, and man. so by this method we've done, it allows, for instance, we've done it in a few and they were standard weld cells, industrial robots, and the people were welding on the second day we got there. That's Came awesome. Came in, installed it, and, and they're welding parts the second day. That's great. That's what you want. If you pay for a robot, 
You don't want it to work. Maker works, really works hard to try to get their customers to be self-sufficient. Sure, we can sell you service all the time, but we'd rather have you have the confidence to make that robot work well and the confidence to buy another robot. Yeah. If your production goes up, you're going to probably need to keep up by getting a new robot sometime soon. That's correct. This has been great. Do you have any words of advice for people that might be a little hesitant of going into the automation world? Certainly. Hook up with a good integrator. Give a CETA a call. The waiting and talking about it, the world's passing us. The prices aren't going to go down. Do it now. Do it now. That's the best advice I've heard is do it now because if you don't do it now, you're going to be behind the game. That's correct. I appreciate you chatting with me. This has been an awesome conversation. Thank you very much. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Next, I chat with Tyler, who started off as a welder before making his way into the world of robotics. We're here talking about robots and everything. How did you first get involved in the robotic world? So I actually started out as a welder. I started with a company called Wacker Noisen Corporation, and they build uh, construction equipment. And they're really in the, the concrete industry. I started there as a pretty green welder because they didn't have a lead man on second shift. And about six months later, I was the lead man on, on second shift running hey, the show. That's what's So it was, you know, one of those perfect timing moments. Yeah. And when I moved into that role, I started to learn at an incredible pace and fixing other people's mistakes and just learning how a shop operates, right? Mm -hmm. And finding out that these little tiny differences in how we do things make, make a huge difference in, in the production at the end of the day, right? Yeah. So I was really amazed that I could spend the majority of my day helping the guys with these small mundane tasks that they didn't want to do. These guys are skilled welders. A lot of them went to school for it. And second shift, it's a younger crowd. These guys want to be in their booth welding. Right? Yeah. They want to be left alone. They want to be welding. And in a lot of ways, now, all these years later, that really relates to the robotics <laughs> yeah. industry. You yeah. know, if they you don't can, want to talk, they yeah. don't want to talk to you. Yeah. If you can remove all those little mundane tasks from the shop, these guys just want to do what they're good at. So I'm running around, I'm getting guys new gloves, I'm helping out with paperwork, things like that. And then in the process of that, I realized we had a lot of robot downtime. You know, we probably had uh, 15 robotic cells running, something like that. Maybe I'm a little at uh, 12 robotic cells running. And we, if we had one go down, we couldn't do anything about it. It had to sit until first shift came in. So I went to the president of the company and said, we really could benefit from some training here in the robotic side on second shift. And we used at the time, Genesis Systems Group had these standard cells that were out there. And they were the industry standard in a lot of ways. There were some other competitors, but that's the only company that we bought from was Genesis Systems. So they sent me and a couple other guys out to Genesis Systems Group for training on FANUC robots. And that was the very beginning. I had been running these cells constantly as a lead, but I had never had any true training. Uh, official was like, yeah, push training. this button, push that button. Yeah, I was, good I was an operator. So what, they sent me out for training and that was really the very beginning of it. Well, that was 10 years ago now. Hey. So that's how I got into robotics is I was sent to training and I eventually went into research and development with that company and stepped away from robotics for that the year that I was doing that. Went back to school and then I started working for a robotics integrator that did a lot of automotive work in Wisconsin area. And then I joined ACETA here about five years ago. And I started as a programmer here. And because of my welding experience, I was brought on to get our Wisconsin office a little more acclimated with welding. Okay. They wanted to bring more welding into that office. Historically, our Council Bluffs, Iowa office did most of the welding and fabrication projects. 
I moved in, they hired me, I came onto the team and I did a lot of programming for the first three years. And they tried their best to find welding systems I could go program on, but I'm very glad we did a lot of material handling. So I got to learn a lot about 2D and 3D vision, bin picking, a little bit of palletizing, volunteered for tons of service work and overtime, got to see all these different types of systems. And now I get to carry that knowledge with me and apply it to the welding world. Yeah, that's awesome. So that, that's how I got into it. And here I am now. I went from programming into inside sales for a year and, and now I'm in outside sales handling the sales of our standard welding products. You are kind of on this side, the more, the smaller systems that more people can use, correct? Something more my speed, I'd be calling you, right? Yes. So the, I'll just give you a breakdown on the company structure, the way we do a sale. So if you call in, uh, actually I'll take one step farther back. Historically, for the last 40 years, Aceta has been a FANUC integrator. The first system that we did two at the same time, one was welding and one was machine tending. So loading and unloading of a machining center. And this is 40 years ago. This stuff's archaic. I was looking at pictures of what we did back then. It was like, how did that work? It was like (laughs) 1950s movie when they show robots. It was was nuts. But that's, that was the start of it with John Berg, our our founder. And he sold the first robot outside of the FANUC GM relationship. So we've been with FANUC for a long time. Besties. Oh, it's it's bonkers to think about. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, for that 40 years, we did full custom systems. So if you came to us, you would historically bring a part and say, this is the part we want to make, or this is the part that we're currently making, and we need to automate this part, right? We would then start looking at designing and engineering a system around that part or around that end outcome. We need this to happen. We need a hundred parts per week, whatever that goal is, we would design a system for that. So then about Five years ago, we started to introduce our, five, six years ago now, we started to introduce our FastArc line. And our FastArc line was standard pre-engineered welding systems. Plug and play. Plug and play. And then the last year and a half, we got into collaborative. But back to the company structure, when we introduced those, we started to think about, hey, should we separate out how we sell this stuff? So now today, we have the sales structure broken between standard and custom. On the custom side, we have our RAMs, our regional automation managers all throughout the U.S. So one of those guys in your area, wherever you may be, would talk to you about a full custom system. On the standard side, we have it broken into application. So if you have a material handling application you want to talk about, you'd call and ask for Jake Corning. If you have a standard welding application you want to call and talk about, you'd call and ask for Tyler Pulliam. All right. I call and I ask for Tyler, man. I need this standard stuff. That's it. What's your favorite part about it? What is, what to you, what's the most fascinating part of your job? That's an easy one by far. It's like watching how it's made. Yeah. Constantly. I get people, I could come in on a Monday and I could say, I know exactly what I'm doing today. It's going to be X, Y, Z. I know what's going on. Somebody calls me, Hey, we're making this part for a missile. We're making this thing for an electric automobile. We're making blades for a turbine. It just, it's never ending. And you just get blindsided with this stuff because people are calling constantly looking for integrators. The, the scope of the things you get to do and get to see and get to be involved in are incredible. And one of the things that's really overlooked in that manufacturing field is the technology that goes into building some of that stuff. We looked at an end product and we go, "Oh, oh, that's really cool. But if you look at what went into building it, some of the particle physics and some of the really nerdy stuff that has to go into this, it's mind boggling what's going on in the world of manufacturing. And that's why I think it's so sad that 
a lot of people want to go to get a four-year degree and they want to sit behind a desk when the world of manufacturing has all this super cool, crazy stuff yeah. going on that you can be involved in it and have your hands in it. Yeah, you can actually drive, like you, you're the one in the driver's seat. Like you want to pick up a like two-ton crate, you can do it with a robot. Like if you learn programming and all that yes, kind of stuff. Yes, absolutely. But and and I think that robotics is a great progression into that world, right? Because companies will start people with very minimal knowledge and will allow them the time and provide them with the training to get up to speed. You can enter an automation company, for instance, if you have some wrenching experience, turning wrenches in the garage, wrenching on cars with your buddy, you could come in as an assembler. You could start assembling systems, start to cross train into electrical assembly. Now you've got your electrical and mechanical assembly down. Hey, you know what? I want to progress into programming. Okay, let's have you start mentoring with a programmer. And, and you slowly progress and progress. And all of a sudden, you're in sales. And, and, and you're looking behind you in. going, what happened? It's like, what year is it? It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's an incredible opportunity. The world of robotics is just this incredible opportunity to get into manufacturing and see stuff that you never thought sitting in school, you never thought you'd be able to be a part of. Or even think about. Think about a lot yeah. of these things, I had no idea that was even part of this whole system. I didn't know that was a step in the whole process here. But as far as like younger people, so you and I, we're in our 30s. We've, we're not too old, but we're not too young. We have some wisdom. What would you tell to younger people getting into the welding industry that might be interested in getting into automation? Where would they start? Like, where would you say, go and this is a great place to learn, or this is a great place to just have a bunch of knowledge? Yeah, the number one is just young people in general trying to figure out what they want to do. Yeah, uh, got to try. You got to start doing something. Just try things, yeah. right? I think the problem is not that people don't know what they want to do. It's that they have too many options. Yes. You can literally do exactly. anything. Yeah. So if you can do anything, why would you ever be able to pick a direction if you can do anything? I mean, we're very fortunate here and in the states that we get to kind of pick whatever we want to do yeah but if you start trying things go work at a restaurant do that for six months you'd be like man this is not what i want to do yeah, yeah. and maybe there's people that make a great career out of that but somebody that's manufacturing minded and that they're going to want to be turning wrenches start doing things you're going to guide yourself in the right direction so to pertain that to the robotics industry go into a company that's got a lot of stuff going on. If you go into a small job shop and all they're doing is turning out finished weldments yeah. and just banging finished weldments out and they're sending them out for finishing, something like that, now you're not going to get to learn the laser cutting process because they're bringing that stuff in. You're not going to get to learn about tooling because they outsource that. Yeah. You're not going to get to learn about direct to metal powder paint because that's sent out for that. So my suggestion is go into a company that has all of this stuff internally. Like I mentioned, I worked for a company that brought in raw sheets of steel and they had a, a finished product rolling out of the door. So that the gamut of things that you get to interact with, even as a lead welder, you get to go talk to the paint group because they found a part that has a burr on it. And now we have to send it back through paint or they need somebody to work overtime. You get to sit in a paint booth and learn how to paint. Or, hey, we need somebody to run a brake press. Go to a place that has all of those opportunities. And when you're walking in the door and it's very overwhelming to go in for an interview and think, I'm going to be hired to stand at this welding table, it's just not the case. You're going to have opportunities if you choose to use them. You're going to have opportunities to move around and try things. These companies love people that say, yes, I'd like to volunteer like for to that. Learn. I want to learn. I want to learn. learn. I, they love that and they'll gladly invest in you. That's my biggest point is when you're looking for a company, 
don't pigeonhole yourself. If you're looking for a place to start your career, find a place that's doing something what you want to be interested in. And you're going to find things that you never even knew existed. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the beauty of the metal industry is it's so massive. You can never know everything. So there's always a chance to learn. There's always a chance to find a new passion too. And I mean, that's, that's awesome. And you could do it with robots too. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It is a very complicated, I'm sure like programming and everything on the, before it gets to the customer side, I'm sure that's very complicated, but he was telling me how it's very user-friendly. You program everything off of the iPad, drag and drop. I was like, okay, drag and drop. I get that. That's easy. But yeah. So the, our fast, we have another collaborative fast arc product, our fast arc CX 1000. Both of them are using Fanex CRX robot. And the, the, one of the benefits with the CRX robot is you don't have to learn TP code to create a program with it. So it, it does, it, it has a pendant, a, a touchscreen pendant, and you have a timeline that you drag icons up into. So you grab the robot. That's one of the other big advantages. You can grab the robot and move it. You're not having to jog it around. You're not having to learn a complicated menu structure. You don't really have to learn about things like user frames and tool frames and vectors and triads and all that. You, you don't have to learn all that stuff. You can focus on grabbing the robot, bringing it over into the weld joint, eyeballing the gun angle for what you think would work if you're manually welding it, and then you drag icons up into the timeline. So now you're going from somebody that needs a bunch of experience with TP code, and really the the challenge with the legacy pendants is the menu structure. You need a bunch of time to learn. You know the robot can do something, but you need to learn how to make it do that and where to even go to make it do that on the pendant. So the, the, the new pendant is much easier to interact with, and it's much quicker to get the robot to do what you want. So if, if someone wanted to get in contact with you and, and speak directly to you because they like how you're describing all this stuff, how do people get in contact with you? Yeah, so you can either give us a call. That's, that's the easy one. Our phone number is on our website, or you can submit an internet inquiry. And just through our website, you can say, hey, I'm interested in the FastArk CW. And our marketing group will send that over to me in 10 minutes. Yeah. And, then you're and, and I'll be right back to you. Let's get down to business. And the biggest thing is I have a lot of requests for quotes right away. We, hey, we want a quote. We want a quote. I like talking about this stuff first. Let's see what you're doing. Let's make sure it's the right product for you. Let's make sure that what you're trying to automate is even going to make sense to yeah. automate. Yeah. Automatable. There <laughs> you go. Yeah. It's, I think that everyone's so quick to talk about price right away, but let's talk about what you have going on and, and see if this all makes sense first, yeah. because I don't want to see anybody go and buy something and then find out it, it's not working for them. And now we have the worst thing in the industry, a robot sitting in the corner collecting dust. Yeah. No bueno. No good. That's an expensive thing to collect dust in the corner on a robot is a very big waste of money in my opinion. Yes. And your ROI calculation goes out the window, right? Yeah, you there's... spent all this money and you thought it was going to start returning. And now it's sitting in the corner collecting dust. And a lot of times it's just because there was a little bit of, of oversight in the beginning, right? There were a couple of questions that could have been tackled before the purchase and they just wasn't. I'm glad there's people like you looking out for people trying to get in automation because there's a lot of fear in the automation, like of the automation world, especially in the welding world, just being like, people think they're going to get replaced and not have but, jobs uh, and everything, but it's no, like. We still need welders to run this stuff and it's embrace the technology because it's trying to keep you safe. It's trying to make you more productive and it's just trying to make your company more consistent. So yeah. it's just like, I say, just learn about it. You gotta, you 
shouldn't be afraid of something you don't know about. It's like the boogeyman. So bring it full, full circle here. Back to my, my original story and my point about me running around and taking care of all the mundane tasks in a weld shop, getting guys gloves, doing paperwork for them. Stupid stuff. Oh, Bill wants a coffee. Is it, is that below me to get him a coffee? No, it's helping the guy out. He's having a bad day. Let's, let's help him out, motivate him a little bit, yeah. bring his morale up. We're all human beings in this shop, right? The same thing with the robot. Let's put all the silly mundane welding tasks that guys hate doing. Let's put that in front of the robot. And now we can be running parts and have somebody cleaning parts, inspecting parts, maybe tacking something together, maybe running multiple robots, keeping his day flexible and light keeping whoever's running this stuff happy Happens. throughout their day, right? Yeah. So you're not weighed down by by all this little tiny stuff that yeah. you don't want to be doing. You went to school for welding. You've been welding for years. You want to use your skill, right? You want to continue to get better. That's what everybody wants. That's what these systems allow companies to do. Take care of that, some little engine bracket. Oh man, I don't want to run the engine bracket job today. Okay, let's put it on the robot. Let the robot run it. Now all you have to do is watch the robot and maybe inspect the parts coming off. Now all you need to do is know enough to inspect the weld. And now we can have you work on something else. I'm a big fan. I'm learning more and more. I learned what a cobot was last year. Now I'm very familiar. I just can't wait to just see the just progression of what automation brings. And I appreciate you chatting with me. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you again for tuning in to the weld.com podcast. And thank you, Nick and Tyler for chatting with me. If you're interested in learning more about their robotic systems, check out their website down in the show notes, aceta.com. If you have a topic that you'd like me to cover or you want to be a guest on the show, shoot me a message on the Weld app at Bodeinit or send me an email to bow at weld.com. Speaking of the app, if you're trying to pick up a new process or skill, check out our e-learning section. We have tons of demos you won't find anywhere else, like a 2G combo weld demo from Austin. Join the Weld app today and see everything it can do to take your career to the next level. Until next week, we'll see you out there.